0: In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Philippians by looking at Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. If you have a Bible with you, follow along while I read. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Euodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. As Paul begins this chapter, he encourages these people that he loves desperately to stand firm in the Lord. And he turns his attention not to the persecution that may cause them to stumble but to the infighting that may lead to their downfall. For Paul, it seems that standing firm is something that these people will do together, collectively. And it means that they have to live in harmony. For these folks at the church in Philippi, to live in harmony meant that they would have to realize that they were all singing the same songs. They were just using different notes that complemented one another to bring about harmony. We're told that there were two women who had been fellow workers with Paul who were having a disagreement. They couldn't figure out how to do it, and we're told that this true companion, or possibly the Greek word that's translated true companion, uh, could be a proper name, Sisygus. Uh Maybe he's a person that was meant to mediate or intervene in this conflict. But either way, Paul is very eager for these to fellow workers, to understand that they're on the same page. They're singing the same song, even if they're singing different notes. and That they need to be together, come to some kind of agreement so that they can move forward. If you read through the book of Acts, you see that Paul had issues with this in his ministry. Whether it's when Paul had to correct Peter about the way he acted around Gentiles when other Jews were there, or whether it's the conflict that he and Barnabas had about whether or not to take John Mark on their missionary journeys. Paul had to learn and come to understand what it meant for everyone to be working together for the same goal, but maybe having different roles. He could see that there was way too much work that needed to be done in God's kingdom to get fixated on just one way of doing it. And so he encourages these people these two women, to find some agreement, find their common ground, and move forward together so that as a group they would be able to stand firm. As Paul is instructing these ladies and the people who know them, I think it's important for us to learn some lessons from them. We need to understand that our joy should be in the Lord, not in proving someone else wrong. Paul says rejoice in the Lord always and rebukes the people who can't get along with each other. But far too often, we find our greatest happiness in putting someone else down and showing them that we were right. Our salvation's not based on winning an argument or getting our way. If we can't learn to live with people, to find peace with others, Jesus is not going to force us to live with them forever. If we can't find a way to live at peace and harmony with others, we're not standing firm but we're giving in to the temptations of Satan. For Paul, the ability of Christian brothers and sisters to live in peace was foundational to their effectiveness. Very often when we find ourselves in conflict, we're very anxious and we're trying to get the circumstances to work out the way that we want to, and we fear that they may not. But Paul says, be reasonable and let that reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand, and we shouldn't be anxious about everything. But in every situation, we should be praying and asking God with thanksgiving the things that are on our hearts, the things that we desire. We should be making those known to God. And Paul says, when you do it that way, rather than fighting with one another, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, Don't be anxious for anything, but unfortunately too often we attempt to deal with the anxiety that's produced in conflict by avoiding the problems rather than achieving peace. Achieving peace is finding solutions, not just trying to prove to others that we're right. And Paul mentions gratitude here. I think what we see is that if we can achieve peace, with one another, with our circumstances, even with our own selves with God, that allows us to be thankful in every situation. When we're not anxious and can be grateful and we can talk to God about these things, we experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I think sometimes we're tempted to read that as uh, it's a sense of peace that we just don't understand. I'm not sure that's the way this reads. It says that being at peace is greater than understanding or being understood. Sometimes we feel like we have to talk something to death to prove to people that we were thinking the right way and we've reached the right conclusion. We argue with them and create tension trying to prove how correct we are. Paul says it means much more to be at peace than to prove you're right. You may be right. But you don't want to sacrifice relationship to prove your point. You take people where they are and you draw them nearer. And if you are right, it will be revealed in time. You don't have to force, manipulate, coerce to get your way. You have a responsibility to live at peace. So Paul finishes out this section by saying, you know, there's some things you need to think on. One of the reasons we get in fights and arguments is we lose perspective. Why don't you take some things into your mind and to your awareness that help you think better? We tend to talk about the things that are on our hearts, the things we reflect on. These form our philosophy, our outlook on life, how we approach our decision-making. What you think determines who you are and what happens to you. Your thoughts have the power to determine how you see yourself, other people, and the world. Your thoughts have the power to determine your actions, your behavior, and how you respond to others. Your thoughts are directly linked to the type of person you become. So Paul says, if it's true, think about that. If it's honorable, if it's just, if it's pure, think about those things, things that are lovely, commendable, anything that's excellent anything that's worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on those things. It will shape the type person you become. Those thoughts will be shaped into actions, put into practice, Paul says, the things that you learned, received, heard, and saw in him. When you have the right frame of mind and you're doing the right actions, you will experience the peace of God. Very often as we look through this passage, we separate verses 4 through 7 and verses 8 and 9 as almost two completely separate things from the rest of the letter. But as Paul writes these things, he's talking about conflicts in the church and how that it is important to rejoice in the Lord rather than being right. It's important to have a right kind of thought life and right practices so that When there is conflict, you're able to achieve peace and reconciliation rather than tension and anxiety. I want to be clear. I'm not talking about giving in to everyone and letting them do or think whatever they want to just to keep peace. We're talking about agreeing in the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord in His rightness rather than our own rightness. And we want to stand firm with God, but we want to commit together to do that, so that we can live in peace and harmony. There's too much craziness in this world. There are too many outside influences pressing on the people of God for us to be fighting with each other inside our churches. We should be standing firm together, living in harmony experiencing the peace of God. Many of us crave peace in our life. We hate the turmoil. We just wish things would be more calm. To achieve that, are we willing to follow the teachings of Paul? Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, Christ.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app, You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.